Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello and welcome to another edition of CTRM Radio, an ad hoc podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory. CTRM Radio is kindly sponsored by Enuit, an award-winning provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide. Well, if you're in the commodities business, you can't help but have noticed the record prices and volatilities in energy markets around the world where the energy transition is underway. We've seen this in the UK, we've seen it in Germany, California, and now even in China. At Commodity Technology Advisory, we believe these higher prices and volatilities are something that we will continue to see through the short and medium term. And if you read the blog article that I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago on CTRM Center, you will know why we would think that. But the purpose of today's CTRM Radio is to explore another thought that I had in writing that blog, which is that with such price volatility and high prices, we are likely to see innovation and investment in new software solutions targeting new energy markets from the software vendors, both those existing and those that have yet to emerge. And today what I want to do is talk to three vendors who are already innovating and investing in new products. We'll start with Brady and look at their PowerDesk product. We'll also talk with CubeLogic about what they're doing in areas around risk management as it relates to these power markets. And we'll finish by talking to Energen about their innovative Atom product. Let's start with Brady and Chris Regan. PowerDesk is not trying to be a longer term ETRM. It will inherit a contractual position from any ETRM out there to allow you to risk manage the delivery in the prompt. But we, we have initially focused absolutely myopically on the accuracy of position reporting and price views and price IP that customers might have. So we start off with the journey, what we call augmented trading where in PowerDesk, you will have a absolutely up to the second, up to the date, net open position. And that net open position will be expressed to the trader, overlaid with the uncertainty caused by intermittency in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. The optionality, because they've got out the money assets, which we represent by our patented gamma sticks. And then you have the risks around the portfolio and the market price overlaid with that position so you can make immediate trading decisions knowing your position your position uncertainty your opportunity and your price view so everything that you need to feed into your algo is sorted by the PowerDesk core product now then if you want to start automated trading i've looked at a lot of products out there and, and my assessment is most if not all of the automated trading out there at the moment is either appropriate to trading longer term curve products that trade each day and trade for a long time. And under that scenario, there's much, there's loads of research out there about using moving averages, Bollinger bands, the kind of statistics and technicals and shapes of different candlesticks to decide which direction you think the market is going. And these are all 100% inappropriate for trading in the prompt. Because if I think about half hour 24, which ends at midday today, mm -hmm. so it will start, it will carry on trading for the next hour. When the 13th of August's half hour 24 expires, there is no more 
13th of August, half hour 24. And it'll only trade for about four hours from delivery, so about eight o'clock this morning. So you've got four hours of history of that one product, four hours to close your position, and you've got four hours to make your decision. Now, everything I've seen out there that looks at longer-term trading, like trading the winters, they are approaching the algo problem from a longer-term statistics that you can't use. Conversely, when I look at other products, they're approaching the algo problem as volumetric. A lot of them are Central European market-based, where you're not allowed to arbitrage the continuous market with the cash-out market. So if you went to a German market, everyone's wind forecast coming in at the same time. Everyone tries closing their position. It's a huge chase-your-tail scenario. Algos there are chasing volume because you're not allowed to cash out and you don't want that expense of it. But if you introduce a volumetric algo into a market that's much more commercial or has alternatives, then you're completely missing the value angle. So what we're doing with PowerDesk is we're making sure that the data you feed to automatic trading is the best data it can be because it's garbage in, garbage out. But then in the way that my quant Dimitri is developing our algo solution, and we've already got the the pot running, is we are creating a series of very intelligent, independent variables that are available for the algo to use. And these look at longer term trends on the way market trades and the shorter term fundamentals and technicals of each product. And by creating a series of independent variables available to the quant trader, the quant trader can start off with mine and Dimitri's algo, and then they can improve on it because we're not just giving them an algo and saying, look how clever we are. We're giving them a platform that allows you to backtest, to keep your data for training, and then to tweak your algo. But on top of that, we're creating a series of predetermined independent variables upon which your algo can pull to beat market price price. And so in our beta testing already, we're beating the market average price within a few months of starting by taking an approach that a prompt commercial trader would do rather than a volumetric trader. And when it comes to closing out short term positions, the actual things that are available to you as a trader, there's not that many permutations. If you have a short position, you can buy some power now or you can buy some power later. It's just one choice between those two. If you want to buy some power, you can either initiate the trade, putting a bid on screen, or you can aggress the trade by lifting an offer. If you have a short position, you can either buy it all at once with an iceberg, or you can leg the volume in by buying little bits at a time. So if you actually look at the things available to do in the prompt, there's there's only really two to the power of four flavors. And it's yeah. tweaking those. And from that point of view, algos are not going to be like hugely scientific with huge mass statistics in the short term. It will be about making sure you've got the best series of independent variables, the best ways of executing them, and the best ways of marrying long-term and short-term trends to beat the market average. But as I said, Gary, if we're already beating the market average, then our auto trader is above the 50th percentile trader. And there's some really clever people out there trading the markets. But what they haven't got is they haven't got the statistics to match longer term and short term trends. And next up is Dimitri Ishutin from Brady. The general ethos for this product is to help energy traders trade bigger, better, bolder. 
uh, in their efforts and uh, help them uh, optimize energy assets and also extract alpha from the energy markets. The reason why this product is being developed at the moment is that there is a market opportunity and uh, Brady could, could leverage that opportunity to help our customers. The opportunity is around intermittency and intermittent generation. Um, the, the GB energy market used to be quite still and uh, maybe at times boring to trade, but with penetration of renewables such as solar and yeah. wind, that sort of generation became really hard to predict and that caused uh, additional volatility in the short-term markets particularly. Yeah. And that's why it became really hard for uh, energy traders to optimize multiple periods at the same time. In the UK, for example, we have 48 periods that we have to balance. And in the Nordics, they have hourly settlements at the minute, but this is going to change to 15 minutely settlements in spring 2023, if I remember correctly. So it's going to end up with 96 periods to optimize. So suddenly it becomes really challenging because there are just so many products that the trader needs to keep their eye on. And a human simply does not have enough attention span to optimize so many periods simultaneously. And this is where PowerDesk can help. And PowerDesk can help, first of all, optimize multiple periods at the same time, but also find um, volatility and di different opportunities that the market presents at times, such as arbitrage opportunities, volatility opportunities, fat finger errors that, that uh, a trader could act on. So th th this is really, really, really exciting because the markets are getting more volatile and this is where tra traders will need help. The reason why this product is relevant is that if we, if we think about financial markets, financial markets have had algorithmic trading solutions for decades. And that is because they were volatile, there was abundance of liquidity, there were many traders such as retail traders or institutional traders. So it was really easy to trade because of liquidity and it was there all the time. Mm -hmm. However, in the energy industry, this was not always the case because liquidity was not there since retail traders cannot trade energy. Uh, they cannot trade power or gas and it, it's only down to institutional traders or non-physical traders. So those traders can be divided into two groups such as compliance buyers and non-compliance buyers. So compliance buyers are all those energy suppliers that have to procure power to supply to a particular house or uh, a business and they have an obligation to supply yeah. the power. But non-physical traders do not have that sort of obligation. So they simply churn volume for the sake of making money. However, to be able to trade, they have to be big enough. So we're talking big investment firms, investment banks or hedge funds. Uh, they have to post uh, collateral. They have to have credit facility to be able to trade that markets. To sum up, barriers for entry are quite high and therefore liquidity was not always there. But with the penetration of renewables, this is likely to change in the prompt and it is already changing in fact because this generation is so hard to predict and sometimes it is there, sometimes it isn't. And this is a very big challenge on the market at the minute. So PowerDesk is designed to help energy traders from established compliance uh, buyers such as big um, supply firms help non-physical traders and also help energy asset owners. So those companies who have hydropower or their own renewable uh, facilities such as uh, a wind farm 
or a solar farm uh, to optimize their assets. And uh, just diverging a little and just sort of taking advantage of something I just saw, I saw on Reuters that uh, the UK was forced to uh, restart a, power, a coal-powered unit recently. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's, uh, I think, all over LinkedIn at the minute that uh, the UK had to restart the coal power because simply there was not enough generation. So that happened over the last two days when I think, if I'm not mistaken, cash out prices reached over £3,000 per megawatt hour versus the typical average of £60, £70-ish. So it was, yeah, the price was huge. And the reason for that was quite simple. Uh, There was not enough renewable generation. Uh, it was not sunny in the UK, it was quite still, so wind was not blowing and therefore there were some uh, constraints. If I read the news correctly, I think there were a couple of outages, uh, the trips at some power stations, which also constrained supply, electricity supply in the GB market. And as a result of it, National Grid had to uh, switch on the coal uh, power plant to make up for that generation loss and uh, make sure that there was enough supply in the system. Does a product like PowerDesk, in your opinion, with its capabilities of optimizing, does it help? Does it help with grid stability? Can there be an argument made that using products like PowerDesk that that help optimize power trading and, and assets could that help? Because I think over the next few years, we're going to go through this um, interesting scenario where mm-hmm. without the without all the batteries that are really needed, there might be there might be times where basically grid stability is, is a problem without the fossil fuels. I think eventually we'll get beyond that point because there'll be enough batteries and goodness knows what in the system. Although mm-hmm. one could argue that as EVs and things come on stream, maybe we don't. Maybe it's going to be tight for a while. Do these kinds of products, do you think that they help the situation or or no impact? I I think that genuinely these products are going to help and not only traders, but also end consumers. So the way I think uh, about it, so consider that you energy traders, there is no prompt market, for example, if there is no prompt market, there is no button, there is no internal, there is no trading that's happening at a really short notice and therefore any unpredictable constraints such as a trip of a power unit or unavailability of renewable generation would cause uh, significant pressure on the system. If significant pressure, if, if system is pressured significantly, it means that national grid needs to step in and take balancing actions. And by taking balancing actions, it means that it goes up the marginal stack And if there is not enough generation, it turns on the the cheapest generation unit first, and then it just keeps going up, up, up uh, on the stack uh, to make sure that it provides enough generation. So what can happen if that kind of um, system pressure happens too often, national grid needs to step in too often. So there was a lot of uh, buzz on the about high prices that happened over the last two days. Yeah. But just imagine if spikes like this were happening all the time, yeah. it would mean that National Grid would have to turn on expensive generation very, very often. And if National Grid turns expensive generation very often, it means that they, it eventually passes down the costs onto consumer because it has to take balancing actions. 
and it passes down the cost in the way of balancing uh, balancing system use of uh, balancing services use of system charge, which is um, cascaded down to suppliers and then supplies cascaded down to to end consumers. So actually, solutions like PowerDesk that enable traders trade frequently and at short notice, uh, they kind of save end users their costs that they might have paid if there was not enough trading and uh, if National Grid had to step in. And I also spoke with Ian Sloggett with CubeLogic about what CubeLogic is up to in and around risk management targeting these markets. We're moving globally from fossil fuels to renewable for reasons of, of climate change. And that means that we're moving from somewhat predictable supply of energy to a very unpredictable supply in the move from coal to wind, for example. And that also means that we are, and and we're in some cases forcibly doing this, and sometimes the market is dictating that we do this, but we are retiring certain assets that produce predictable uh, energy, such as coal-fired plants or ore-fired plants, uh, etc. And we are aiming to replace them with other assets that are unpredictable in their supply and the the pace at which these retirements are going on and the replacements is going is not in alignment right so we're retiring coal-fired plants far quicker than we're replacing them with with wind farms for planning reasons, for investment reasons, lots of things. We are, for example, rough storage has gone out of use now. Biggest storage of gas for the UK, and we haven't replaced that with anything else. And and that, again, pushes the market in this this energy transition. And the last thing that's changing fundamentally for this energy transition is that our forecasting of demand and supply is changing. We're, we're, We're getting worse at that. We expected demand to increase much more slowly coming out of the pandemic than it actually has. And so again, all leads to those two wonderful things, high prices and high volatility in the market. And most particularly, I would say that that volatility is in the short-term markets. That's where all the liquidity is in in trading these days. So that is our views to what's happening as CubeLogic in the the European and probably global um, energy markets today. Correct. And I also just throw in the, the, the point that this might not go away as fast as people would like because we're also doing similar things in areas like electric vehicles and the replacement of the internal combustion engine and also in terms of gas boilers in homes and therefore there's ever increasing demand in in the next several years again it's back to that point that we're tarring certain assets and not replacing with the green ones and yet there's there's ever increasing demand for you know green vehicles for example but we actually still produce the dirty power to fuel them but the 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 upshot that we have to try to contend with is is effectively high prices in the market and high volatility and that comes through in three areas of risk management which is our expertise as a technology provider that comes through in market risk which we very much described because you get higher prices and the prices move up and down more frequently Uh, that leads to credit risk so the possibility that various 
suppliers or, or yeah, producers will actually go bust. Uh, and therefore you won't have that supply anymore and you have to buy it from somewhere else. And also there's a there's an impact, of course, on compliance risk and ensuring that the market is not being abused by various players who are taking advantage of these situations where you've got high volatility. So those are the three areas of, areas of risk that we as a technology provider try and uh, address. And in, in addressing these problems of high prices and volatility, there's three areas that you have to have people to, to be able to deal with it. You've got to have process and you've got to have the technology to support it. And we would say that in the market, there are there is a recognition that you have these risks in a business, particularly a, a, an energy company. So the people are in play. But we would say that the process of managing the risk and in many cases, the technology that's been provided to those people is behind it's it's not in place and while topics such as managing credit risk and compliance risk have been talked about for some time it always amazes me the number of companies that we still talk to that don't have sufficient process or effective processes and in many cases also the technology to manage those three risks that i've talked about market credit and compliance what are we doing about it we are a technology provider we we have a, a single a business intelligence enabled risk management solution that helps them address three of these of the areas all in one platform and the innovation that uh, you, you could call it innovation but it's also something obviously we've been doing for the last 12 years and that is getting you know increasing take up within the energy market and that is the platform that helps you to identify ahead of time where your potential exposure is to market prices to counterparties going bust to traders potentially trying to abuse the market during these volatile times so we've been providing those uh, solutions for many years and the, the pickup is obviously increasing i don't know whether you know but more most most recently this just this this year two of the major oil and gas global providers one sort of british and one more dutch uh so british dutch owned have invested significantly with us to help address particularly their their credit risk needs and, and managing those those risks globally with uh with cube logic so there is an increasing understanding that the technology and the processes are not adequate either they're siloed and managed in particular regions or the actual effectiveness of the technology that they have is not sufficient and so they are starting to deploy solutions like CubeLogic to address those those issues and those issues are very real so talk about credit risk and coming back to the UK market how many retail suppliers have gone bust in the last month is it half a dozen or something like that yeah the last one was a Avo Energy yeah. you know that they, they aren't the, the the major players they are the small providers but nevertheless that has a credit risk because invariably uh, the other providers are supplying them and therefore will not be paid so it's a very real issue in the market because again for the consumer i'm sure that they've been paying money to these small providers for their gas and electricity on effectively um you know having forming a credit balance and now they're not going to get their gas and electricity because their supply's gone bust and someone's going to have to pay for that so these things are are, are very real and actually starting to hit yeah, in terms of innovation, what is Cube Logic doing more in the region of intraday 
power markets and, and the short-term markets. This has all come to bear, particularly in the short-term markets. And I'll, I'll draw on one example of product innovation that we have a, a specialism because we are an energy risk specialist and, and our technology you know, focuses on, on those three aspects, but one is compliance risk and that's around the surveillance of the markets. So the reality is, is that mo most of the technology um, systems in the market today do not adequately monitor the short-term trading markets for market abuse. They do not allow you to compare what the activity uh, you are doing in, in your trades and orders with the true market. The, so to give you the context of whether your organization in some way is abusing the market because they don't have full data. They don't have connectivity to the short-term markets, which is pretty much FX uh, and FX do not provide market data to other providers that, that would need that to pro correctly uh, survey the markets for abuse. So we, we, we have in place solutions that basically look for market indicators of, of abuse. So for example, trading at prices which are uh, very separate from the, the normal market prices that, that look for insider trading capacity withholding influences on indexes that, uh, that, that, that dictate settlement prices. We are looking, we're using technology and actually machine learning um, to calibrate and normalize those market prices because of the volatile markets that we're in. Energy traders in this case can accurately determine whether there is a possibility that their traders are abusing the market. And that is unique technology that only we have got and are providing to the market today. So that's just one example of product innovation. Um, and, and that's relevant particularly to the short-term power markets, which is you know where we we're being brought in even alongside other compliance tools, trade surveillance tools, because the market can't survey the um, short-term markets. And this is also relevant because, of course, there's a lot of algo trading going on. Yeah. Uh, an increasing number of that. So the volume of transactions is increasing. And again, you need to deploy technology to be able to keep ahead of what's going on about what particular markets are being surveyed when, when the, 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 the volumes spike. So that, those are areas, but, but, but I think some of this is not, wouldn't be classed as product innovation for us because we've been doing this for many years. It's all about adoption and, you know, whether companies are significantly recognizing that they have these market and credit and compliance risks. And while they, they are protecting them from losing money, they're not directly making them money. The, there is a, a shift towards realizing that actually these events, these, you know, bankruptcies, these high volatile prices are impacting profits. And now they will actually do uh, something to, you know, to, to deploy the technology to help to solve the problem and look into the future. Well, let me ask you one last question then. Um, as somebody who has some degree of responsibility for getting the, the software category, category called ETRM, CTRM, i.e. trading and risk management, I've written many articles, particularly over the last several years, saying that perhaps the risk management part is a bit of a misnomer. Do you think that we've definitely reached the, the time when companies need not just an ETRM, but they also need supplemental risk analytics? I mean, I obviously used to work for um, some of the large ETRM vendors. And it would have been the case, I think, that if those technology providers had invested in the risk 
management elements of their solutions and less so on the capture and, and, and management of transactions, then, then that, that risk management capability would be far more sophisticated than it actually is. But that is not the case. And so other providers like CubeLogic have, only in recent times, in the last 10 years, and that's have had to step into the, into the market and basically provide those solutions uh, and had to you know, use those solutions to monitor risk, not across just one particular uh, ETRM system, but multiple ETRM systems and multiple business lines and, and global organizations. So yes, I do think people, there is a, another category coming in as, uh, if you like, ETRM agnostic or ETRM independent risk management platforms of which CubeLogic, I'd say, is a, uh, you know, is, is a leader yeah. and probably one of the first ones in there. Um, we tend to try to use the terminology advanced risk analytics just to differentiate it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's right. And it's interesting because someone that I was speaking with a, a significant player in the, in, in the energy trading world, and uh, he was describing that his company is not actually a, an energy uh, commodity trader, but is actually a data management company. Yes. Yeah, and their their job is is to, to manage you know coming back to the energy transition and manage the the supply uh, and demand imbalance and and uh, they are about assessing data to find out you know whether there's an imbalance and therefore which way prices are going to go and then obviously to understand if they're likely to lose money if they make various trading uh, decisions so all very relevant but there are very few advanced analytics providers. Yes, that have the specialism. Uh, we are one, that, and there's a few few others, but they're rare. And finally, I talked with Chris Fisher of Energen about that company's Atom product and some of the other innovations that it is working on around these energy markets. With going to net zero and more renewables coming online, the system becomes a lot more volatile. That's going to happen going forward up until 2050 and beyond, as we rely on more renewables. That gives an opportunity for fast response assets to be able to get on and you know, make money from this volatility. And what Atom does is it allows you to get those assets on very quickly. It allows you to optimize many assets with as you would want. So you could basically turn on 100 assets if you wanted to and just say, I need these all on now. And you can do that with one instruction rather than with many instructions. So it allows you to make the money from the volatility and respond to those changes in the market as you see them happening. And is this targeted primarily at the battery or, or is it usable across the board? So what we did is when we built it, uh, we obviously wanted to do it for distributed assets because that's what's growing uh, and that's what has the problem. You know, if you have one big large asset, turning that on is fine. It's one, one instruction and you get a thousand megawatts, but now we've got all these distributed assets to turn a thousand megawatts, that's many, many assets. So what we've done is we've built it for distributed assets. So we've done batteries with you know renewables, gas peaking plant as well. We can pretty much do anything, but what we wanted is we wanted a complete solution. So as well as doing those distributed assets, we've also built it for the big thermal assets as well. So mm -hmm. if you have a company with big thermal assets and distributed assets, they can use everything in the same system which makes it a lot easier for the traders to respond to things that are happening in the market. It allows you to switch on and off, obviously. 
what it does, as you can see, if you want them all on, it's an easy decision for our software. You just say, right, turn everything on and it will take into account your minimum zero times, your minimum non-zero times, your ramp rates, all of that thing to get to the load that you want to at the right time. But the other thing it does as well is if you say, well, I can sell 300 megawatts, you can go into the system and say, I need 300 megawatts. And the system Atom will then look to find out for the, for the duration that you specified and for the 300 megawatts, which is the cheapest assets to turn on. And it will then schedule those assets let National Grid know and obviously turn the assets on as well. So it allows you to, well, if we start with what is dynamic containment, frequency, those sort of auctions, it doesn't make a decision between those. What it does help you do with our other product Quasar, it allows you to work out what the price is going to be at the day ahead stage. And then you can bid into the auction knowing that. So if you know you're going to make uh, £15 on average through the, sorry, in the within day market and balance mechanism, then you can bid into the auctions, the ancillary service auctions, and say, okay, I want to be £15 because I know I can get that in the wholesale. So it doesn't, it, it sort of helps in a way, yeah. but it doesn't tell you what it should be on the ancillary services, if that makes sense. Yeah, and what else are you guys developing or innovating in response to what you're seeing in the market? Or, or do you have any plans to develop anything else alongside Atom? Something I just touched on there before was a system called Quasar. Um, there are other people out there in the markets, in Apsis and LCP and ACT, um, who will give you offerings. But to be honest, a lot of the offerings are, they have a lot of data in, a lot of data that you don't really need. And that's great for the big boys, right? So, you know, the big six energy suppliers, they, they'll, they'll want all of that information and they might use 50% of it, but they don't really care. Uh, but what we're trying to develop is, well, what we are developing is um, a solution that breaks it down and gives you an easy to understand user interface, um, which you can navigate to find all the bits that make up our forecast. But then what it does is it forecasts the system length. Uh, and from that, it will then, that's how far we've got currently. What we're currently developing is using that system length is to come up with a system price and say, this is what the system price is going to be. And if the market changes, say demand's higher than expected, this is what it will be. And if a plant trips off, it will be this. So it'll give the smaller incumbents the same information that the bigger customers have um, in order to find out exactly what price is going to be in the market and allow them to trade and allow them to enter the right price into the ancillary service market as well. We're obviously still building on Genstar and developing that. What we are doing is we're interacting all these different apps that we have. So, you know, Genstar 4, yeah. uh, Atom, Quasar, and Energy Hub, we're putting these together. For example, we have our Auto BM solution where you can have an aggregated BMU unit, have an aggregate BMU, and National Grid will send you an instruction. Genstar will check that it's fine, accept that instruction. Atom will then decide through its logic which asset is cheapest in order to fulfill that instruction and then let the station know. And then Quasar as well is in there to help you say, well, you know, it will, it will throw up um, into Genstar and it'll say, this is what we think the system price is going to be. So that helps you put your BM prices in. It also allows you to auto-populate your BM volumes as well. So you can basically do five days worth of BM data eight clicks, you know, get it all done. It makes it super quick and super efficient and you know, the systems work together in order to make it easier. Because with many assets, you have two options, you either get better systems or you 
hire a ton of people to do it and we're doing the better systems version. Well, thank you to our guests today for participating in this CTRM radio, which we hope you found useful and informative. Thank you for listening. If you did enjoy it, please do like and share this podcast out to your colleagues and others in the industry. CTRM Radio is an ad hoc podcast brought to you by Commodity Technology Advisory, kindly sponsored by Enuit, an award-winning provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide. You'll find us on CTRM Center and all other outlets of podcasts like Spotify, etc. This is Gary Vesey saying goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Vasey and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.